Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the Warhammer 40k podcast where you get to write the script. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show and maybe even jump your story in the line, or maybe even read stories with me, or maybe you have a story you would like to read to me, head on over to Patreon at Lorehammer Listener Lore and check out all the cool ways to get involved and support the show. Enjoy. Hello and welcome back to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. Hey everybody, I'm your host Mark and joining me for the first time we got Dave. Welcome to the show. Hey, nice to meet you and looking forward to sharing my lore with everybody. Yeah, yeah, we were just kind of just dipping our toes into your, your Necron story here and you're telling me a little bit about it's a pre-awakening kind of setting. Yeah, I kind of explore kind of pre-awakening because I know it's like the challenge with Necrons with a lot of it is that like you you write about them now and you have to discuss like their history from all before the awakening or else like how you kind of figure that out. Hmm. So you just decided to get whole fleshed out from like the overlord from pre-awakening all the way up to like the right before waking up from the great sleep. So <laughs> so like a thousand page document of lore you've sent me, only 40 billion years we have to cover. So that's <laughs> Yeah, helps that there's a nice 60 million year gap to just be like, <laughs> silence, nothing happened, and then figure it out later. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, I'm excited to uh, get into this. We can start reading. Do you want to start? And then I can maybe learn how you say some of these Necron words. Yeah, sure. You know, they tried to keep it fairly simple. So, <laughs> all right. So, this will be the story of the Sacturnus dynasty. As the Necron tier fell to the retaliating forces of the Old Ones, billions of souls lost their lives attempting to defend their worlds, all to no avail. On the last of these conquered worlds stood a battered battalion of the Mephrit dynasty, intent on keeping the reach of the Necron tier outside of their own system. As more and more systems fell to the Old Ones, recruitment for the military continued to increase under the demands of the Triarch. By the time we reached this battalion, all citizens with the mental capacity to hold a weapon were to sacrifice their lives for the cause, leaving only the youngest of children behind. Despite the incredible numbers presented by the Necron tier to maintain their claim on Ankek, they were no match for the old ones. Armed with incredible psychic powers, the ability to shift in and out of reality through the webway, and the comparable experience of their warriors, the opposing Necron tier defense of the planet was futile. Despite this, the Triarch demanded that the warriors fighting should stay on the planet, even after it was clear that those who would remain would surely be slain, for reasons unknown to the soldiers on the battlefield. In the last line of defense stood a warrior by the name Srezkal. Very little of Srezkal was of particular notice, as he was simply another body in the war, but the events that fell upon him that day would forever change him. Eventually, after the death of nearly all the other forces on the planet, Strezkal fell in combat, losing his left arm from a psychic, from a blast of psychic energy from the old ones, and was left for dead, bleeding out among the remains of his fellow soldiers. Miraculously, however, Strezkal managed to stay conscious for an incredibly long time given the blood loss and damage he had taken. 
Within an hour of his defeat, the war had finished and the blaring sounds of weaponry and death dulled. The old ones walked across the corpses, examining the death beneath them. And as one approached Srezkel, he saw an opportunity to escape in the webway portal located in the old one's waist. With his dying breath, Srezkel reached out and managed to activate the device before the old one noticed. Moments later, Srezkel's soul shot into the warp upon death, prepared to be dispersed and join the massive energy inside of it. However, thanks to the activated energy of the webway portal, his soul was pulled by a mysterious force, dragging the remains into the webway. Despite this, the damage to his soul was intense. It was as if his soul was a pocket of air in a tornado, kept together only through the flimsy material of a balloon. With no understanding of the webway and the nature of the Necron Tear soul holding an almost non-existent connection to the warp, the energy of the webway portal was unable to propel his soul towards any destination through the webway. Months passed as Srezkel barely clung to life through sheer willpower alone, as if he was fighting his very soul that was determined to disperse upon his death. Curious, a voice whispered from the abyss. Yes, most curious, another voice whispered before continuing. A Necron tur this deep in the webway, we have sensed the potential of your kind before, but your presence has remained limited. Who's there? Says Kral called out, fearing the worst. It truly is a pity the old ones held your kind back from us, a third whisperer began, ignoring Srezkal's comment. Together, our powers could have grown exponentially. How about this child? A fourth voice whispered. We shall pour, we shall pool our energy together and give it to you, give you a second chance at life. In return, we ask you to show you your worth to us. Slay anyone who gets in your, your way. If you achieve this goal and return to us, we will grant you unimaginable power, victory over the old ones, control of the Necron dynasty, and potentially even immortality. Before Srezkal could respond, his soul was funneled away, undoing the months of directionless travel in the webway in seconds, returning to the mortal realm. Shocked and filled with confusion, Srezkal's soul returned to his body months after the planet had been thoroughly wiped of any Necrontor life. Racked with pain, he looked down at his body, only to see his left arm missing, replaced with a throbbing ball of pus cauterized, cauterizing the wound. Before he could possess it, the stench compelled him to glance at the carnage surrounding him. Oh, sorry, before he could process it. Millions of Necron lay rotting at his feet, not a single person left standing. Nearly fainting from the surrounding mayhem, Srezkal slowly collected himself and stood up, ignoring his body's damage or demands to crumble to the ground. He walked for miles, searching for anybody, anything to explain what had happened. Nothing. No rebuilt civilization, no living organisms larger than an insect, no resources sent as aid. Eventually, he stumbled across an abandoned Necronter spaceship. He dragged himself into it, and upon turning on the ship, he immediately checked the sensors for any remaining Necronter life on the planet. Confirming his suspicions, nothing appeared on the sensors, and the realization shook Sezkel to his core as the truth slowly seeped in. He was the only Necronter alive on the planet. The reality of the situation was too much to accept, and... After the pain of reopened wounds and the sight of millions of dead Necronter, 
and the acknowledgement of the death of every single person he had ever known or cared about, he fell unconscious. Waking up hours later, Sezkrell collected his thoughts and came up with a plan. Checking the power supply of the ship, he charted a course back to the home world of Necronter. While the whispering voices in the webway had somehow given him the strength to survive his in injuries, he was still in dire straits. His only chance of survival would be to get immediate medical care. Knowing he had to alert the leaders of the Mefret dynasty of the tragedy, Sarzkel left the shattered remains of his precious life with him as he flew back home. Just when he thought he wouldn't be able to make it any further, the pain in the stub of his left arm was, became unbearable. He could see their homeworld from afar. Much to, his, much to his relief, it was left intact. As he approached the world, his ship was stopped and contact was made with the base down on the planet. However, upon sharing who he was and explaining the loss of the planet to the old ones, the Necron turn on the planet refused to allow him into orbit. They told him that this planet had been abandoned had abandoned the Triarch, sacrificing all connection with the Necronter homeworld. Srezkel was according to the operator, coming as a traitor, and only by the goodwill of the Triarch would be allowed to leave on his own accord without facing retaliation. The operator made no attempt to sugarcoat things. However, if Srezkel were to return or attempt to enter the planet, he would be shot down. As he left the communication radius of the planet, he was filled with an indescribable rage and fear. He was the only Necronter in the galaxy outside of the Triarch that knew that the war had even taken place, let alone been lost. Not only that, but he, he and everyone he knew was being viewed as a traitor. No respect given for their sacrifice. Drifting through space, a Necronteer pirate vessel appeared and pulled Srezkal's ship into its docks. The captain introduced himself as the leader of the vessel, commanding the, the Sacturnus dynasty, a dynasty composed of Necronteer persecuted by the Triarch. Srezkal was made an offer by the leaders of the ship. Surrender your ship and your life as a soldier in our army in exchange for medical attention. Seeing no other alternative and in excruciating pain, Srezkal accepted. As the doctor investigated him, she was surprised to discover the state of his arm. Filled with energy only describable as magic on par with that of the old ones, it looked as if it had healed itself, forming a rotting shell over his shoulder to prevent further blood loss. This news got Srezkal sent to the pirate captain, to whom he explained the circumstances of his recovery. Seizing the opportunity, Srezkal offered that in exchange for a commanding role in the dynasty, he would fulfill the demands of the whispers from the webway and share the rewards of limitless power and immortality that they offered upon his success. Tentatively, the captain agreed to the terms, giving Srezkal a small platoon to further his goal. Srezkal lacked any potential in combat with his missing arm, but he quickly made a name for himself as a master tactician with how he played the battles between the Necronteer and the Old Ones. With the goal of inflicting as much death by his hands as possible, Srezkal mastered the art of finding weak points in their armies and sneaking in, slaughtering and looting as many as possible, and then leaving with minimal casualties. After proving his worth and with the allure of power to defeat both the Old Ones and the Necronteer, he quickly moved up the ranks, going from a lowly platoon commander to the leading military officer, leading the entire vessel into combat. The rush Srezkal felt upon a successful campaign was a rush unlike anything he had ever felt. Going from a nobody 
a mere soldier among billions to be thrown away from the Necron tier when they felt like it into a respected and feared warlord capable of enacting his own justice. His lust for blood grew with his desire to release the beings in the webway. The pirate captain and Srezkal grew incredibly close as Srezkal grew the strength of their clan by the day, finding new recruits like himself on abandoned war zones to build an army of soldiers dedicated to taking revenge against their Necron tier kin. But as their conquest continued and Srezkal grew older, he knew that more had to be done, more than he was capable of as a mere puppet following the orders of the captain. Slowly, the thoughts in Srezkal's head to seize more power grew stronger and stronger. And while such thoughts only came from his twisted mind, he justified them as whistlers from the webway, telling them that he was approaching the power he needed in order to access the webway and free the infinitely powerful beings. Spurred on by delusions of communication with the infinitely powerful webway beings, Srezkal began started to ponder the idea of mutiny, taking the power he needed to achieve his goals. But little could be done to bypass the hierarchical structure of the pirate clan, for even among Adonis who separated from the homeworld, they still followed a strictly hereditary line of succession. Setting his plan into motion, Srezkal offered to raise the captain's daughter and train her in the ways of combat from an early age. The captain, too busy to raise her on his own, agreed to this offer, and Srezkal took the little girl, Sateknek, under his wing. From early childhood, Sateknek showed incredible potential. Unlike most Necronter, destined to work from childhood up until death, Setenek grew up like royalty, given access to the resources available while under the mentorship of Sezkal. Unlike Srezkal, who saw himself a leader in the shadows, Setenek showed a brutal interest in combat, desiring to lead the charge into battle as she brought down her foes. As Srezkal learned how to control the masses, Setenek learned how to control the self, and through her impressive feats, she drew an awe and inspiration amongst her people. But while Srezkal served as a good mentor, he was an uncaring and brutal as a parental figure, instilling in her a belief that any Necronter who doesn't die by her hands or pledge an allegiance to fight to the death under her name is a Necronter silently mocking her weakness. Srezkal threatened her life on numerous occasions to treat her with in to, tr uh, to teach her of her inferiority to himself, building an uneasy loyalty to his will. As Sedanek grew up into early adulthood, Srezkal finally made his move, giving whispers into Sedanek's ears, Sedanek's ears, that her own biological father was taunting her, seeing her as a lesser for refusing to seize his power. One night, Sedanek took action and killed her father, claiming her place as captain of the dynasty and ruling with an iron fist, listening only to the guidance of Srezkal. Together, the two of them continue Srezkal's plan and expanded their reach as, as they wreaked, wreaked havoc across the galaxy. Eventually, however, news began to spread of a new plan by the Triarch, the Biotransference. Exchanging their frail bodies with the Necrodermis-infused metal vessels, the Necronter were finally offered the immortality that they had so desired. As more and more of their species entered the biotransference, the Sacturnus, that Sacturanus dynasty realized the horrifying truth that the biotransference would lead to the loss of their self-determinism, turning them into lifeless automations, living only to fulfill their will by the overlord. 
Refusing to give control of the Satan and the Triarch, the Sactoranus dynasty turned into hiding, looting worlds only to collect the bare necessities of life. While they watched the rest of their kind suffer under the oppressive guidance of their rulers. Leading his people from the far corners of the galaxy to avoid contact with the Necrons, Srezkel became frantic in his old age. So far, he had been unable to make contact with the Webway since his first contact, and the Webway rejected any of his attempts to be to use the looted Webway portals from the spoils of conflict. But he was close. He knew it. He just needed more time, and yet, with his body ripped with, rid riddled with cancer, his reign would soon come to an end. The influence he had uh, been given, the influence had he held, been given up to Sedanek, and any chance that the immortality free from the control of the Satan would forever be lost. Running out of time, Srezkel made contact with the Satan, offering up his people in exchange for being made the pharaoh of his dynasty. The, the Satan accepted, offering up his people, or the Satan accepted, and Srezkel proceeded with his plans to betray his people in order to further his own gains. With the power of both the necrodermis bodies of the Satan and, un, and the unthinkable potential within the webway, Srezkel was certain that he could take the fight to both the Satan and the Triarch and the Old Ones. Establishing himself as the rightful ruler of the galaxy, even if it came to at the expense of the autonomy of his followers. As food supplies ran low, Srezkel called for his followers of his dynasty to follow him to abandon Necronter planet. As they approached the surface of the planet, however, it soon became apparent that this was no abandoned planet. Srezkel locked himself in the captain's quarter of the ship, alone for a save alone save for a few bodyguards he entrusted with his protection in exchange for position of power within the dynasty. Watching from the deck, Sateknek faced Rezkal's quarters with rage on her face, thoughts of his betrayal compelling her to kill her frail mentor. But as she turned to face him, the ship was boarded by the Necrons, and she watched as her fellow companions were rounded up and transferred to ghost arcs, who were slaughtered for their non-compliance. Torn between what to do, she turned her attention towards her duties as a leader and called for the compliance of the dynasty, vowing to free them from their shackles when the opportunity arose, before she herself was transferred to a ghost Stark. In a matter of minutes, the entire dynasty had been transferred onto ghost Starks, beginning the journey into the biofurnaces. As Rezkel entered the, CERN, entered the furnace, he felt his soul lift out of his body, rising into the abyss of space, where he felt the presence of the Satan staring down at him. You dare curse your body with the power of chaos, a voice boomed down at him, which Srezkel recognized as the voice of the Nightbringer. As the voice rang through his body, he felt a stabbing pain in his left side, where his shoulder would have been on his mortal body. You have betrayed your race, your people, and yourself by turning to the heresy of the Old Ones, for that, your people shall be seen as prize of the Necron, and I shall leave the curse afflicting your arm as a reminder of what you have done. As a Nightbringer finished speaking, Srezkel realized the mistake he had made as he felt his soul being ripped apart and the world went black. Awakening in new iron bodies, the Sacturnus dynasty found themselves encapsulated in pure black armor and weapons with a weaker, colorless energy to, so, to showcase the remaining Necron their lesser status. As further punishment, 
Strozakala awoke with a cursed arm, with the death and decay of his mortal wound left oozing between the necrodermis, constantly damaging and repairing the metal holding his new arm together, causing a lag between Strozakala's thought and the arm's movement. This, the Satan looked down upon the blasphemous army and sent them away from the war with the old ones, giving them the unsavory task of hunting down other Necron tier dynasties in hiding and forced them to convert to Necrons themselves or die at the hand of the Saturnus dynasty's hands. Srezkel's plan to dominate the galaxy lay in shambles with the unexpected loss of his soul, forever blocking him off from accessing the webway again. As the years went on, Srezkel earned the title of the betrayer for his heresy in the name of the webway, the sacrifice of his people for the power as a pharaoh, and the continued slaughter of the Necron tier people he enacted upon the will of the Satan. After 100 years of purging the universe of the Necron tier, the Satan. Nyadra Zatha, the Burning One, took a special interest in the Sacturnus dynasty. Unlike the, other Satan, unlike the other Satan that desired to close the Materium off from the webway, uh, the Burning One wanted to bring the fight to the webway. Sensing the fervent passion of Sezcal's held, held to utilize the power of the warp. The Burning One made a deal with Sacturnus dynasty that in exchange for the servitude, commitment, and secrecy to his cause, the Burning One would free them. <laughs> Do you know how to say the Burning One's real name properly? I'm not really sure. I don't know when I was writing, I like copy and paste it. Because <laughs> it is such a complicated Nyad, spelling. Nyadrazatha would free them from their previous task and support the growth of the Empire. With the New Deal struck, the Sacturnus dynasty began development of the early Dolmen Gates, attempting to harness a power that would allow them to access the webway. It was a dangerous and complicated task, for a Necron conscious lost in the warp was gone forever, with no way to be returned to a new body. Despite the combined intellect of the Necrons and the Satan, access to the webway was a task of incredible difficulty, and the webway had been designed to prevent any soulless beings from traversing it, and would sense the presence of the Necrons attempting to break in. Hundreds of thousands of Necron from the dynasty entered the early iterations of Dolmen Gates and never returned. Their chance at freedom forever lost, but this truth did nothing to stop the devotion Sezcal held to this mission. Those who made it through these early Dolmen Gates held residual webway energy seep through their bodies that turned their weakened energy flowing throughout their body, that turned the weakened energy flowing throughout their body and their weaponry into erratic and powerful energy filled with chaos residue, giving it a royal purple color. With the resources of Nyadratha, Sezkel honored every member of the dynasty who survived the journey by coating their weapons and chest feet in a dur durable golden alloy. For those that remained, they would no longer be a ruined pirate clan separated off from the rest of their Necron brother, but a dynasty of elite soldiers who showcased that they held the strength not just to hide from the webway, but to conquer it. It was soon discovered that Sezkel's curse limiting him in his physical form seemed to serve as a protective symbol as he entered the webway. While the webway attempted to attack Sezkel's helpless necrodermis body, other beings in the warp seemed to come to its aid attacking the webway and distracting it long enough for Sezkel to make, make it to the other side. While he could make no contact with anything in the webway with the loss of a soul, uh, his newly realized, he, his newly realized, 
his newly realized protection within the Wabwe served to strengthen his resolve of the power he could hold once he could return to his mortal form. As this revelation was made, he led the creation of these early dolmen gates, offering an eye into the flaws of the portals held with little fears of its destruction throughout his journey. As the development of the dolmen gates continued, the Sacturnus royal court grew increasingly divided. While Pharaon Sezkel worshipped uh, the Burning One for furthering his own plans, Overlord Sedenek fought against the cruel treatment of her people. Her dynasty's allegiance wasn't won over through Sezkel's leadership, but rather stolen from them, coded into their new bodies, turning them into unwillful servants. Furthermore, they were her people, whose favor she earned through her leadership. And to have that stripped away in an instance through the betrayal of her master caught her great anger. But as much as she rebelled against his will, she couldn't fight back against the full weight of the Necron army, and thus settled into attempting to win over the other members of the royal court, as she worked tirelessly with the Necron people, training them to a point of near-complete annihilation in order to build their resilience for the horrors of the webway that Srezkal sent them through. Fearing his weakness in martial combat with the curse afflicting his shoulder, Sreskel declared that all in the royal court opposed to his rule shall work alongside Sedenek on the opposite side of the planet, training the warriors so that they may survive being used as fodder for the technological advancements he and his cryptics created. As Sedenek was forced to comply with, the rule, with his rules due to the overarching watch of the Burning One, an uneasy peace was forged. Sedenek and her followers trained her warriors in combat, testing the limits of their necrodermis while also using their warriors to train themselves with the hope that they may one day take on the Pharaon. Likewise, Srezkel and his cryptus mastered the art of controlling his warriors, with Srezkel fine-tuning his connection between his mortal mind and his code-driven control over his people to send orders across great distances in an instant, and his cryptic's optimized ways for the Pharaon to enact his control while also gaining incredibly deep knowledge on the creation of the Dolmen Gates. As the dynasty completed the creation of a stable Dolmen Gate, Srezkel expected the dynasty to be viewed with great respect for their actions, with this new form of faster-than-light travel showcasing their potential the Necrons held to bring the fight to the Old Ones through the very means that had been used against them as Necron Tyr. But upon presenting the, their invention to the Silent King, they were instead dismissed as a heretical dynasty, playing around with Old One technology instead of bringing the fight directly to them. Forgiven only through the utility that the Dolmen Gates provided, the Silent King sent them off to create and maintain Dolmen Gates throughout the galaxy, with no reward of riches or notability among the Necron. Filled with rage, the Sacturnus dynasty had no choice but to enact the will of the Silent King, and spent countless years forging dolmen gates on newly conquered worlds, watching their fellow Necron dynasties fight noble wars with the old ones from the sidelines. One day, as Srezkal set his people to work upon the maintenance of an early dolmen gate, he was approached by a familiar face, the Silent King. Everything in his body told him to turn his warriors to fight, the Silent King, and take his place as the rightful ruler of the Necron, but he was left immobile unable to bridge the gap between his conscious thought and his body. Glaring at Srezkel, the Silent King uttered one statement, 
tell me what you know about Naya Drazatha. Naya Drazatha. Today is the start of our war against the Satan before the world went black. And that's kind of the end. Very cool. Um, very cool. It was very nice seeing like Necron weak and like just building upon that motivation and stuff. Um, yeah, I really like your character, how he develops. Like he, he, uh, he loses his arm and now he feels weak even for, you know, a cancer ridden fucking Necron guy. So he betrays yeah. his whole fucking population. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just kind of the interesting thing that I liked kind of having the other like overlord, like the rightful ruler is kind of the balance between it where the, yeah. where the tradition, like follow the, you know, Necron dynasty, like heretical rule and work for your people. And then he's just kind of doing his own thing, like yeah. taking over the dynasty to try to get some connection back with the webway. Yeah. Yeah, I really like this whole Dolmen Gate Webway plot arc that you got going on here. I it, it's one of these like perfect things where it lets the mind race and wander, but it's never gonna be accomplished. Like they're never gonna destroy the webway, but they're gonna fucking try. Yeah, yeah, and there's supposedly like very little information on Dolmen Gates when I looked into it. Like it's mm -hmm. a lot of it's like they've kept it in the books mostly refers to like some fifth edition thing where they were just like the necrons made these gates and now can access a bit of the webway and then now post awakening most of the dolmen gates are gone and destroyed by the eldari so i think a lot of it will be now like exploring afterwards like they come back and now they need to kind of rebuild these dolmen gates or yeah. find some purpose there so yeah that that's a very cool way that you've kind of incorporated multiple editions of like lore into it because yeah dolmen gates aren't necessarily 100 percent canon they they might just be old lore, but you've been able to kind of introduce them into the current setting as like these old things that yeah this dynasty's going and trying to fix and use and man i really yeah. enjoy that aspect of it yeah um I, I love the the bit too where he's still a Necron Tur and he joins this pirate fleet. Um, I was kind of hoping that the dynasty would continue to be like a pirate dynasty, and it kind of had my mind racing about like we hear about fleet based space marine chapters all the time, but like a fleet based Necron dynasty would be an interesting thing. But I, I like what you have going here too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, and a lot of these I still need to kind of flesh it. Like now I have this like pre awakening stuff. Yeah. And now I need to figure out what to do with them when they do awaken. Like, what's their plan now that they're no longer just like whatever the Silent King or the Satan tell them to do, they do. Yeah. Now that they're there, especially as a smaller dynasty, what they could explore. So, so yeah, that would be a good thing to explore. Like, if they do, then just like take the remaining people, make a ship, and then fly across the galaxy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it, and I really like we kind of just briefly mentioned that relationship between uh, uh, the two two and Sezcal. You know, it, it's cool that you have both these two kind of. It, it just keeps your your story from feeling like they can just do everything. Um, Necron's really only competition is himself, you know. So if you have somebody in in the court, kind of almost working against the Necron, making his life harder. It, it's more of a challenge than maybe just like a minor Xenos race that they're just going to go annihilate, you know? Yeah, adds more to the flavor instead of just like, 
they come across it and then with their amazing Necron tech, they destroy everything that mm -hmm. face them. Now there's like other Necron that they have to deal with within their own dynasty and probably from outside of it too, with yeah. being looked down upon for trying to use chaos. So Yeah. Yeah. And even just like uh the whole, you know, he killed some she killed her father, took the pirate title. Now she might kill mm -hmm. him, take the like it's this whole tradition of piratry almost and like backstabbing and it really kind of fits and it's neat how it's not out in the open like she's not I don't she's not gonna go stab him out in the open but maybe just make things a little difficult here and there maybe report the odd battle numbers wrong and try to get them killed potentially you know yeah like something I was exploring a bit as an option would be like with how with Necron Lords like anything fighting the the Satan was like wiped from their memories because you know the Silent King didn't want them to have that was thinking of like you know, Srezka wakes up with like a, say like a wound in his chest or whatever, and then slowly like has to piece together what happened, realizing that like right before being sent to the great sleep, she did try to fight him before kind of their memory was all wiped of that. So Yeah. <laughs> the other thing, uh, so tell me more about this arm that happened. Uh, it, it, it had this like chaos affliction on it a little bit. It allows them to enter the webway with a little bit of protection. Tell me a little bit more about it. Yeah, that's something that's like hoping to explore a bit more later, but just the concept of like, he has this like really early concept of like a boon of chaos from like the early iterations of like a chaos demons back before any of the chaos gods were really a big thing. And then just like have that grafted onto his new Necron body is kind of like a, a punishment from the Satan. And it's something I hope to explore a lot, like when he comes back and reawakens and realizes like now the power of like the warp and all that isn't just this like hidden thing like in a web way with something you don't see really come back and see like Tyranids, orcs, all the chaos, but things like that. And like deals with the fact that now any potential like connection with chaos that he has with that arm could be something bigger so mm. kind of exploring what i want to do with that and i think it'll be a lot of like the challenge of writing something like that to be like you know the chaos could be a virus or something like that but then not have it be too much of like now you're just a necron without a soul that is afflicted by chaos so <laughs> sure sure a good balance between that yeah i i think there is a good balance there for sure and uh yeah it is one of those delicate things but i think you're doing a great job even just with the dolmen gates you know you took existing lore and you've kind of just added subtly to it um i think you find that perfect little niche for him yeah uh, yeah so so because he has like chaos attached to him i'm just trying to process through even how it kind of works i know it's all space magic but <laughs> so he goes into the webway and he has like this chaos boom and that will scare away some webway entities and draw others to him explain that little bit again there's a little line there that said kind of something like that yeah the concept that i was thinking is like when he when he enters webway even though like srezkal himself has no like it's soul or anything like that when he's in there like the early iterations of the chaos demons kind of trying to fight against the webway can sense the presence of kind of their boon yeah and so it's kind of like with the the idea of like the webway senses necrons and tries to fight them seeing so like okay it's like the chaos demons trying to fight their way and see a boon of themselves passing yeah. through and like try to take the opportunity to attack and distract yeah mechanisms the webway from destroying the necrons so yeah no that makes sense that's cool uh and then 
yeah so then they they he has that ability and then all your warriors kind of can also channel warp energy through their guns as well to some degree yeah i was thinking that to be like less more of like kind of a just going through a bunch and it's just like through being in the webway a lot there's like residual kind of chaos energy in it yeah a lot of that a lot of that was like mostly just to explore like wanted to have like necrons with purple guns and <laughs> armor and stuff like that so yeah. i was like this is a good way it, purple fits the chaos colors so yeah no it, it's very interesting yeah I, I like too that it is something more residual it's not like an intentional effect yeah yeah, yeah. more of like helps like bring their power from like the weakened energy of like you know necron of lower status to about the same as other ones but yeah. not like now they have chaos guns and they're shooting <laughs> things and more just like an after effect of yeah 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 cool uh very cool story man i like it you you made my mind race with a bunch of pre-necron thoughts and dolmen gates and webway portals very well done i really enjoyed your story yeah, find it fun with Necrons. I find a bit is just like there's not a lot of like established lore for like pre awakening or anything like that mm -hmm. because a lot of it's written from the Imperium's perspective. So it is like there's so much room to work with and just finding a way to like fit it in without going to kind of Mary Sue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think it was perfect. Uh, so you, you've kind of mentioned you have plans to write more, you're going to keep writing lore for this army. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the plan is just kind of sticking with them for now, kind of have um, the other friends who were interested in playing that have kind of like orcs and tyranids. Yeah. So the initial plan was kind of like they wake up on this world and then it's like either if we win the campaign, then they get to like loot any remains of like my on the world and if not like to a pirate ship and kind of fly away and figure out what to do next. So <laughs> yes. Yes, I love that. I, I, I really like that idea. Um, well, I, I hope they are successful in dominating the galaxy for all our sakes. I welcome our overlords, the Necron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it feels like I get to get a bit of both like, their underdog Necron dynasty and part of like the looming thread of like beating everyone is just being a Necron in a whole. So I get the best yeah. of both worlds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great job. Um, well, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. If you want to support the show, if you like the content, don't forget to join uh, the Patreon Lorehammer Listener Lore. You can throw us a dollar or you can just give me a one-time donation. Links are in the description. Um, Dave, thanks for joining. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it was fantastic. We will definitely have you on next time you get some more lore written up or whatever. Yeah, that would be awesome. All right, everyone, thanks for listening, and we'll see you all on the next episode. Thanks for listening. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page and support the show at Lorehammer Listener Lore. See you next episode.